Hello, all my beautiful people. It is time once again for another amazing episode of If You Give a Data Podcast. So this week I have with me MJ Bell. He is a referee. This is a first one for me. I've never had a ref on the show, but I'm very excited to have him on. We get to kind of talk about how he got started. And, you know, we kind of trailed off into some other subjects, kind of like uh, comic books and things like that. So, you know, we did what I always like to do on the show, and that's just have a conversation and see where it leads to. So for those of you who are tuning in just to hear the MJ Bell episode, I hope that you like what you hear and that maybe you'll stick around for some of the other episodes that I have in the future or go back and listen to some of the great episodes that I've already had. So... If you're as excited as I am, then let's get this show on the road. If you give a dad a podcast. Hey, Dad. Get back in your car. Go. (laughs) Get out of here. You can't be here. I wasn't about to call you Dad, so. (laughs) Seriously? Just for the the work rate, brother. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, she said he looked like an old piece of leather. Oh, that's <laughs> wow. Supernatural, which is by far one of my favorite shows. And I will be talking a lot about Supernatural. I will be quoting Supernatural. Bro. I just remember because they also, everybody, whenever they came to the ring, goes, <laughs> What? Okay, before I get started. You ever had a design in mind and you wanted to put it on a shirt or a hat or a cup, but you just didn't know who to go to? Well, come on over to R&L Designs where they make all of your custom needs come true. They make custom hats, they make custom shirts, they make custom mugs, they even do the tumblers and the glass mugs as well. They do key fobs even. They have great prices and they have a reasonable turnaround time. If you need anything custom, these are the people that you need to hit up today. You can find them on Facebook, and that is at R&L Designs. You can also find them on Instagram at R&L Designs 19. They have a Facebook page. They have an Instagram page. They update it regularly with new products. You can also message them if you have something in mind. Hit them up today for all of your custom needs. Give them a like, give them a follow. All right, everybody. So today I have with me MJ Bell. He is a senior official at Texoma Pro Wrestling. Um, He's also a senior referee at the Red River Wrestling, a referee at the Midgets Wrestling Warrior LLC. He's a head referee at World Class Pro Wrestling and a referee at Game Changer Wrestling. Man, you have quite the resume going on there for this. MJ, how are you doing today? That's one hell of a read. No, I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing really well. I am excited to have you on the show. I'm excited to be here. So how did you actually get into um, doing this? Uh, well, well, I can make this a long story or make it short, but in short, you know, I Found a local wrestling academy, signed up, paid my dues. Uh-huh. I was training to be a wrestler, and my trainer, Mitch Baxter, was like, can you referee this show for me? So I wound up down in the stripes, and 
once the school shut down in 2019, uh-huh. all I had were the stripes. So early last year, a friend of mine, Joe, who wrestles as Coyote, okay, was like, "Do you want to get back into re- refereeing?" And I was like, "Sure." And you know, after a couple of shows down at Texoma, mm-hmm. I kind of got the feeling that I could really do it. And from there, I just kind of just took it more seriously, and this is where I've wound up. So it was a it was a journey. Yeah. That's long story short. Right on. I, I do know that uh, I saw, I think it was uh, Sam Stackhouse, he actually gave a shout-out to you and a couple other people as being some of the better referees in this area. Then he was like, book these guys today. So, And I think your name was first on that list. Yeah, it was my name. Uh, there was Colby Copperthwaite, I think I'm saying that correctly. Uh-huh. Uh, and then it was Dylan Phelps up in Tulsa. So those two guys are from Oklahoma City and Tulsa, respectively. And I've, okay. worked, I've worked with both of them, and they're both outstanding referees. Right on. It's been a while since I've worked with Dylan, uh-huh. but I know he still gets around and does stuff. And I know Colby's done Pele Pro down in Dallas, and he's done MOW as well. So there's a, there's a good number of referees in the area. Right. I'm just, I'm just really glad to be part of the conversation. You know, I've uh, talked to a few people and everything, and I told them that I was going to have you on the show, and they're like, oh, yeah, he's a good guy. He's good at what he does. So it's very nice to be able to hear that, you know, outside of uh, just a few people. I mean, all the way up here in the area where I'm at, northwest Arkansas, because I know you're uh, in Texas, I believe. Yep. So you, your name's getting around, man, so you must be doing something right. <laughs> I, just, I try to promote myself well on social media. Yeah. Treat everybody with respect and uh, travel as much as possible as well. Right I have on. not gotten to Arkansas, though. Haven't done Arkansas yet. Well, we're going to have to get you up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've talked to a couple of guys up there, but, you know, maybe one day it'll happen. Maybe one day it won't. Yeah. So how did you get into um, a refereeing with uh, Game Changer Wrestling? Uh, well, let's see, this is late 2021. Uh-huh. There's a Twitter account called Daily Use, and the guys who run the account, Roman and Hendrix, mm-hmm. uh, suppose they had a connect with the local guy who had a ring, and they were basically asking for help to set it up during a game changer wrestling show. I got you. Uh, so I just reached out to them on you know Twitter, mm-hmm. and came in as ring crew, showed up early, helped put the ring together, helped Brett Lauderdale. You know, set up chairs. You know, Brett Lauderdale is the owner of GCW. Right. For those who don't know, and uh, it's me and myself visible. And you know, by the time talent showed up and things started to slow down a little bit, I guess approached Brett, uh, told him who I was, that I would love to wrestle on his show. If not tonight, then in the future. Mm-hmm. And immediately on the spot, he gave me two matches. It was, uh, I hope that I don't forget the names. Jordan Oliver, Nick Wayne, Ninja Mac, and I think Dante Leo in a tag match. Wow. And this is If I Die First, and I believe it was the first weekend of February of this year. Uh-huh. And that was my first GCW event. And like the crowd there was just incredible. I had never felt anything like it. Uh, it was so loud. I couldn't hear the announcer. And if you if you get a chance to look at the match, I know it's a fight, but uh-huh. maybe not many people have. Well, I don't know. <laughs> if, you have, if you have If I Die First on Friday, or you can find this match, you can see I look visibly confused because I'm getting like, holy shit, this is <laughs> incredible energy. Um, and then after that match, I also did Psycho Clown and Gringo Loco at a death match, which was my, the first death match I ever been a part of. How, how was that uh, working in one of those? It was exhilarating. 
You know, I'm I'm not a fan of the death match personally, but being in the ring and hearing the response that fans give to it, yeah, specifically those fans, it was something that I have not experienced very often. So for that, right. yeah, I loved it. Yeah. As far as like glass flying around, I tried to be very wary about you know, getting glass in my eyes, so I just turn away. I think right. I invested in some goggles. You know, I, got, <laughs> I got the gloves, I got the long sleeve shirt because once you drop down on the mat, you've got a count in. Right. Hopefully you don't get glass in your hand. But aside from those worries, no big deal. Super fun. Super fun. Yeah. I I know seeing other like hardcore <laughs> matches and stuff, I think I saw one and it was Mike Kyoto and there were thumbtacks everywhere in the ring. And he's sitting there just like nothing and just slamming that hand down on the ring uh, to count it. And I'm like, dude, I would be really <laughs> wary of that. <laughs> yeah. I've seen Aubrey Everest's hand recently too, and she had a cut. I'm like, sheesh. So I always make sure to wear my gloves. I may get some new ones. There you go. So are they like the reinforced type gloves that you wear? Like construction gloves or motorcycle gloves. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That that makes sense. So I'm guessing you probably got into wrestling the same way that everybody else did. Do you have a good story about your first memories of wrestling? Uh, good stories. Well, let's. I believe I was four, so this is 1998. Okay. Or whenever they had the whole Stone Cold yeah. car accident angle. Oh. Um, my father was cooking one night and he just started screaming, If you're some bell, you know, the whole the whole <laughs> hey. rock thing. I was like, yeah. oh, what is that? And he put on Monday Night Raw and I just got hooked. That's cool. Uh, I just, you know, I watched from there. I don't know about any funny stories. I did think that I didn't know it was a work uh-huh. until you know, some tragedy started happening in the late decades, but it was odd because right. I think about it now, and I was like watching WWE Contra- uh, Confidential at the uh-huh. Lexus Roundtable, and yeah. we were obviously clearly talking like it's a work, but it took me so many years of like watching the show, and like, I just don't understand how it's a work. <laughs> and so Shane kicked Kane into the fire container, you know, the shipping container full of fire. Yep. And he showed back up next week, and I was like, how is he not in jail? <laughs> now, I just couldn't figure out how they were doing these stunts and getting away with it. Yeah, I kind of had that problem, too, when I was a kid. You know, you sit there, especially the one that really bothered me was um, it was one that they did with Val Venus. And uh, he was messing around with somebody's girl, and they decided that they was going to um, cut his man part off of there. And uh, they had the samurai sword to do it, and the lights go out right before they chop. And for weeks on, I mean, I was, not weeks, I mean, obviously the next week you knew that he was fine. But for the rest of that week, I was, like, so distraught. And I was like, how can they get away with doing this? You know, and it, it really bothered me. And then you flip it over, and I think it's the same night. And um, there was, I, it I think at this time, Jeff Jarrett was on WCW. And okay. he was doing something where he made a woman get in the ring and eat dog food. And yeah, yeah. I, I'm how, just how like, old were you back then? I mean, I was probably eight or so, maybe eight or nine, yeah. something like that, you know. And it just really bothered me. I was like, is this is this really what 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 in my feeble little mind is this what right. the world is coming to is it becoming this <laughs> yeah. evil you know 
So it, it really did get at me, but so I'm right there with you. Uh, it took me a minute to realize, oh, well, this is just a show, and, you know, these people are actually friends, and they're making something every week for us to enjoy. Once I got past that, I was good. Yeah, you're hearing that story reminded me of, uh, I think it was like 2004 or something, but Eric Bischoff was like, next week I'm going to drop a bombshell. <laughs> and I think on SmackDown, like the vignette that they played for a replay of that Raw, they uh-huh. showed like a mushroom cloud. And I must have been like, I, I was probably like eight, nine or 10. Right. And I remember that Monday walking to school so confused. Like, how can we continue to go on as a people? <laughs> When Eric Bischoff is about to drop a nuclear bomb on the United States, it just didn't make sense to me. And I never told you about that, so that's an exclusive for you. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) So did you have a um, specific wrestler that you kind of uh, gravitated towards? I know you said your dad uh, sounds like he was a rock fan. Uh, Was that one of your favorites too? Uh, Yeah, one of my favorites. uh, I think now I was Going to more appreciate it more, but I think at the time my favorite was Triple H. Triple H. I feel like, I feel like he's always been my first favorite wrestler. Yeah. Uh, don't know. I really don't know why. I mean, obviously he's great and everything like that, but right. You know, even with all the you know the rocks being funny and the Undertaker being dead or whatever. Right. For some reason I just like Triple H. He was pretty much of a normal. I mean, he was an asshole, but <laughs> he definitely was that. To having us as favorite wrestler, I think now. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it was also during that time of DX too. So I mean, that makes sense, you know, that you would like him. Um, but I mean, I'm. Are you talking about like the the early 2000s? So right around the Attitude Era, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, it's like late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, and then by the time he got to like the they call it the reign of terror, right? Yes. I think by then, I even hated him then because he was beating the hell out of Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> I was once again wondering how could this guy still come to work the next month, the next week? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I remember seeing Eugene show up at, it was one of the uh, ECW one night stands or something like that. He came out there to say hi to everybody and they were just booing him big time because you know at the ECW one night stand anybody who has anything to do with WWE was just evil and wrong and they had Sandman come out there and he just wailed on him with a kendo stick you know (laughs) and the crowd just went crazy for that you know and at that time I mean I was older and everything but at the same time I wasn't fully I don't know the word you'd say um I didn't fully know how much of it was real and how much of it wasn't. Oh, you like you weren't you weren't too smart on it. Yeah, I wasn't smartened up to the business yet. Yeah, yeah, and so at that point, I was like, mm, "Are they really messing with a with a, a handicap guy?" You know? Yeah, so. yeah. It was it was it was definitely a time to watch it as a child because that's the magic. When yeah, thinking of like ECW when they stand out, that's the kind of. Like, that energy in the crowd, that's the kind of energy I really want to be a part of. Right. Uh, so I know you've got some uh, pretty cool stuff that's uh, coming up. I saw that September's going to be an, actually a pretty busy month for you, it looks like. Yep. I got my first ever overseas tour. I'm going to be going to uh, Japan with Game Changer Wrestling from the, let's see, I think the first show is on the 26th of September, then the uh-huh. 27th of September. 
Uh-huh. And then our last show was six days later on October 4th. So that'll be three shows that I'll be doing overseas, uh, working probably Japanese death matches, but having an opportunity to work in front of a different crowd, learn the business from a different perspective. Uh, it's going to be very unique. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that being a dream, you know, being able to go over and be a oh, part God. of that crowd, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, well, I, we all have goals. So uh-huh. I, have, I have a huge list of goals. And some of my goals, when I put them up this year, mm-hmm. um, was to just do an overseas tour. And it was so realistic and so far away from what I thought was possible right. that the – you know, I thought I would, it would just be in Mexico. I would just go down to Mexico, right. do a couple of things, and then you know come back home. I never thought it'd be somewhere like Japan. So as soon as I found out, I reached out to the head referee and I was like, "Hey, like, how does this work?" And once I got all the details, uh, you know, I did what I had to do. Uh-huh. Uh, got got the plane ticket. I, you know, kept in constant contact with Brett, and you know, just you know, we decided to make it work, and it did. That's so cool. Yeah, it um, is. I'm, I'm hoping I get a Ribera jacket, honestly. I'm not sure if they give those to referees, but, you know, everyone knows that that's like, you know, the like a trophy. Oh, for sure. Wrestling business, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if uh, – I have multiple reasons uh, why I love Japan. And one is for the wrestling. I, I love anything that has to do with wrestling there because it's very interesting the way that the crowds react over there. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's – very respectful in the way that they react you know 100 they they take the time to let you do what you want to do and then they react to it you know and i, I really like that um because sometimes you know the crowds just here they just holler to be hollering you know yeah. and so i really like that that they can just be like oh yeah and you know that they're actually popping for what you just did in the ring so yeah and the other thing for me is um I, i'm an anime fan Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so I, I've always wanted to go to Japan just to see, you know, some of the cool things that they have there because I know, you know, that's a big part of their culture is anime. Yeah. So I, I would definitely love to go over there to uh, witness that firsthand as well. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be something. I hope I get to do some sightseeing down there. I think with this trip, I'm so focused on work and trying to figure out where else can I work? Where can I train? Where can I help out? But right. I definitely also want to go and take some time to sightsee. I'm not yeah. a big fan of anime. My girlfriend's a huge fan of anime. So I may, <laughs> you know, try to find some things for her down there. For but, sure. Uh, this will be my second time in Japan. I did. I was there for two weeks, about five years ago. Oh. Uh, but on the island of Okinawa. Uh-huh. So that that was a pretty nice taste of Japan, but that island was so Americanized because right. it, has thir- it has 13 military bases there. And it's super small. So, you know, obviously about 90% of what I saw was just America somewhere else. But <laughs> to be in Tokyo, I- I'll truly feel like I'm in a foreign land. I'm really excited for the experience. Really grateful for it. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's two, is it just, they're doing two shows there, correct? Three, three shows. Three shows. Okay. Yeah. Two shows back to back. Then it's a six day gap. And then there's the last show. Wow. I believe the last show is called, uh, war ready okay and yeah. so what do you do in between that time do you come back here or i am staying out there for the duration so i'll be there from the beginning to the very end and i'll have the whole six days to figure out what i'm gonna do with myself <laughs> so you know that's that's the fun part you know? yes 
that's that is really cool that's the way i would want to do it too you know because then you do get to take that opportunity to kind of breathe in and relax and see things that you probably normally wouldn't be able to because you are working while you're there yeah 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 it's uh it's an exciting experience right on well man i am very happy for you on that i I, as soon as i saw that you uh i saw you post it and i was like that is really cool i was i was grinning from ear to ear and uh, my wife was actually sitting there uh and she was like what are you smiling about i was like oh a guy that i'm gonna have on the show here pretty soon he's uh getting to go to japan with uh, one of the wrestling companies that he works with and she was like okay for her she's not a wrestling (laughs) fan at all so she doesn't get it you know and for me i'm over here i'm popping because somebody that you know i just (laughs) met is getting to uh, live a dream so (laughs) thank you i appreciate that it was thank you thank you it's it it truly is a dream come true i think what i was trying to get at earlier is that uh you know i I made a list of goals and i just want to be that ref that if i'm not on tv Mm -hmm. i want to be known as the you know the best referee right so to put it simply there are a lot of great referees out there right but i want to be the ref that's trusted to you know come in do things right enforce the rules help the younger wrestlers uh mm-hmm. keep their timing and their pace right and things of that nature and just prove that um i take this seriously and yeah that, that's really what this is all about right that's really what it's all about to prove that i that I take it seriously. I'm willing to pay my dues. I'm willing to learn yeah. every aspect of what I have to do in the ring, even if it is just as a referee. Yeah, you know, um, that's kind of that's what I'm obsessed with. And you know, the fact that it's also a dream. I'm being able to do something that I've loved my entire life. Uh-huh. And I, and I've loved Japanese wrestling too. I used to stay up, you know, up until four in the morning to see Wrestle Kingdom with my yeah. friends and all that stuff. And we, you know sit in the car outside of Ring of Honor and just like watch DDT kind of thing. So to know that, you know, I'll just be in that land. Uh-huh. Really cool. And if I can't work other shows, like Noah's running that weekend, I think DDT's running one of those weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be able to just, as a fan, uh, perhaps be able to enjoy something as well. Right on. Well, I, I think for me, the, the one person who um, really got me to take an interest in Japanese pro wrestling, I would have to say is Chris Jericho. And because I I have every single one of his books and just the way he talks about uh, the way he talked about wrestling in Japan, it was almost a romance story, the way he made it sound, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so seeing that and hearing that it, it, you know, it made me want to look into that more. I didn't have a lot of, uh, people who were into wrestling around me. So I didn't get to do the Wrestle Kingdom and stuff like that. So a lot of this has come at a later age for me. Um, but still, I, I love it. And uh, anything that I can get that's wrestling, I, I love having it, having it in my life. 100%, dude. 100%. I'm right there with you. So I do see that you are the senior official at uh, a couple of these places. Um, does that... in does that mean that you're the one who usually gets the top of the card matches there? Yes. The, okay. that, that, that's basically what is a part of being a senior referee at Red River in Texoma, but it's also more than that. Okay. Uh, what I do as a senior referee there is I book the referees. Uh-huh. 
I do uh, assign them matches, but I always give my guys input and try to give them good matches as well. Right. Because, you know, we're all there to grow, and I'm not, I don't need to hog this fight a lot. You know what I mean? Right. No, I get that. Um, so, you know, that's a part of it. Because uh, the overall development and training of the referees that we have on staff and Mm -hmm. uh, finding new referees to come in and do tryouts so that if the spot opens up, we have someone that we know is capable because, you know, they've worked here and I've helped guide them through um, just little nuances that perhaps they wouldn't get yeah. wherever else they're working. Because being a referee is it's hard when you're starting out because not many people can give you really good advice. Okay. Um, so that's what I want to change as being a senior referee, even though it's a really, you know, it's, Tetsoma and Red River is a huge honor to be able to do that. Right. Uh, I've had a few good matches, though. Uh, <laughs> really good matches. Uh, I think recently Shane Taylor versus Mike Bennett at Red River Pro Wrestling in July like, was a banger. Uh -huh. It was about 110 degrees in there because the AC was out. But oh, no. Those two told a fantastic story. They're, those are some of the toughest wrestlers. Shane Taylor is one of the best professional wrestlers. I've ever been in the ring with. I think he may be the best, one of the best in the country, to be honest with you. Um, wow. Super underrated guy, super nice guy. Uh -huh. um, and same with Mike Bennett. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've learned a lot in that match as well. And I try to try well, to give my other referees that spot as well. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is a lot of people don't realize this, how much, big of a part the referee plays in the match. You know, I mean, it, your job isn't just counting shoulders. You have a a very big job to do there in the ring. Yep. And I don't think people actually realize that. No, yeah, it's huge. It's it's huge when guys, you're, you're a first responder because anything can happen in the ring, first and right. foremost. You know, right. you have to be alert and uh, able to check up on people in a match without really getting in the way. Right. So having to work around the cameras, having to be able to deliver messages from one wrestler to another. Mm -hmm. um, if you there, if there are radios that have like a two way, you can communicate with backstage. Not many people, not many places have that though. Right. So, but and then on top of just reacting, knowing where to be, yeah. knowing when to enforce the rules, knowing the timing of it. That's one of the things I'm learning now as I move forward in my career. Is kind of the timing. Mm -hmm. of how I enforce referee, uh, sorry, enforce the rules in a mm -hmm. big match uh, because a lot of referees do it differently. One of the referees I like to watch is Paul Turner mm -hmm. on AEW. He's one of the best referees there are today. Uh, and I believe Jessica Carr on SmackDown, also another great referee. Yeah. There's, uh, there's definitely more to it than slotting your knees and counting the threes. Right. Yeah, I know that um, well, uh, one thing that I've noticed, you know, a good referee is one that you don't notice until you need to notice them. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's, that's the perfect way to put it. Yeah. Because um, I, one of my favorite all-time referees is Earl Hebner. And, you know, I mean. <laughs> yeah, he's no, Earl, Earl, Earl Hebner was awesome. He knew how to be entertaining when he needed to be, yeah. you know, and uh, I like that. And you were talking about the earpiece. Um, the only one that I've ever seen really that have the earpieces is uh, WWE. I, I don't know of very many other ones that actually do that. 
And most of the time, you would see it sticking out of like Mike Kyoto's ear because his wire would just be hanging off there. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a there's. I've worked in a few places, local indies, uh, that, that do use it, and there is a trick that referees can do to make it less noticeable. Okay, but I can guarantee if you go into any of my matches for like Journey Pro, uh-huh. it was my first time wearing a microphone, okay. and I didn't know how to wear it properly, so it's kind of just like dangling off the side of my face. <laughs> <laughs> when you know because that was the most comfortable way for it to be but really it's supposed to be like tucked behind your ear and right back behind your shirt and then there's a hole in your back pocket so that you know the wire can just come through to the radio in the back pocket so you keep it well hidden but yeah. for some reason wwe's is i guess because they have the mics they're uh-huh. more obvious right so it for anybody who is wanting to actually get into being a referee um, do you have any advice for people, uh, new people that are wanting to get into doing that? Uh, first and foremost, I would recommend going to a wrestling school, just as rep, just as reputable as uh, you know a wrestler would want to seek out mm-hmm. for training. Because you know, it, it depends on what you want in the business as well. Right. If you just want to, you know, if you just want to be a referee, you can go to your local wrestling company, right. see if they have a school, see if they help train you, and. That's how you go about it. Mm-hmm. If you want to look at some people to watch uh, in today's era, I would suggest Paul Turner and Jessica Carr. Okay. Um, if you want to watch some of the older stuff, um, let's see, NWA, Tommy Young is one of the best referees. I think any referee would tell you to watch a Tommy Young match. You can find him in the late 80s in the NWA. Right. Some of that stuff on Peacock. Yeah. Uh, I do like Brian Hebner and some of the WrestleMania matches, but just just watch a bunch of ref- referees and always try to keep learning because there's always something to learn. You can always add something to the match. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is Brian Hebner, that's Earl Hebner's son, isn't it? It is, yeah. I was just okay. watching Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle, and I really liked the way uh, Brian was maneuvering himself around in that match. It was, it was pretty pretty slick. I also like his reactions a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. You know, just that, oh, my God, you know, hands on the head reaction, you know, because it, it's a lot of fun. Um, I've seen, you know, they have some of the matches where uh, recently the, uh, which match was that, where the referee went flying out of the ring uh, and his shoe came off. <laughs> and I don't remember what show it was. On. I think it was on SmackDown, and it might have been uh, Charles Robbins that that happened to. Uh, but you know, it, I'm trying to recall that. But I feel like I, I feel like I've seen this recently. Where I was like, "This ref doesn't have any shoes." No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm. I don't. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. It is, and uh, I'll never forget his run to the ring uh, at WrestleMania. Um, his reaction once uh, Sean got his shoulder up at two. Was, <laughs> I mean, that's 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 storytelling as a referee. Yes. at its finest. Yeah. Because everyone thought it was over, even him, and he was like, it's two. Yeah. That's, that's just awesome. He's a good referee as well. <laughs> he is. He's been doing it forever. He, he really has, you know, and uh, he's one that he's been, I guess you could say he's a, a staple when it comes to that, you know, uh, one that has, you know, paid his dues and gotten his stripes uh, when it comes to uh, being a ref. Well, he's one of the GOATs. Oh, yes. I would love to have a career like his. Yeah. 
Well, man, I mean, it looks like you're well on your way to that, you know, with the things that I hear about you and you being able to go to Japan here now, uh, here now. And, and what is that? Is that next week that you're going? It is the weekend after this upcoming one. Man, you're so, probably counting down the days. Not yet. I'm still, I'm having some issues with uh, a visa. So, oh, no. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm still working through that. And once that's all taken care of, then I can get excited. I think I'll be excited once I get on the plane. Let's there put it go. that way. There once I get on the plane and everything's taken care of, I'll be excited. Then. But yeah, I'm just going to keep pushing. Not counting your chickens before they hatch, I guess, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't even want to announce the, like, I was going so soon, but I guess felt like it was, uh, it was a pretty good time to do it a month out. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything that you uh, else that you maybe want to announce that might be going on with you in the near future? Well, no, I don't want. Like I said, I have. I've always got something in the works, but I'm right. not going to jinx myself just yet. You're just going to have to check out my social media and uh, see what lies ahead. But right now, I am all in on getting this overseas tour out of the way. Awesome. Yeah, I, can't. I do have some. I do have some things on my wish list, but nothing confirmed. Can you tell me some of the things that maybe you have on your wish list? Uh, I would love to work with MOW. I would love to uh, go out to Seattle and work with Defy uh, yeah. and Prestige down in Oregon. If, mm-hmm. I mean, I love watching their matches because the energy from the crowd is, you know, that's something that I don't get very often. Uh-huh. And, I, and, I, and I just want to feel that. I want to feel a lot of parts of the Indies before, you know, if anything were to happen, that'd be great. But yeah. Defy and Prestige were definitely on the wish list. And I would like to, you know, do Mexico still. I would still like to go to Mexico and Canada yeah. and do some shows there. Well, like you said, you're right there at the border. You know, uh, it, that's a very uh, good possibility for you to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I got to get my car worked on <laughs> before I do all that. I used to drive from Oklahoma City down to Dallas every weekend for like almost a year. Oh, wow. Now that I'm now that I'm living in Dallas, it's, it's time to give my car some TLC. Yeah, I get that. You got to make sure that those wheels are still rolling for you. Right. It would suck to get over to Mexico and everything starts to fall apart. <laughs> that would be awful. I'm I sitting here <laughs> laughing about it, but no, that would be terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it would be great for the documentary, but to live through it, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it would be a great story. You know, you could write a book about the the life of a ref yeah life of a ref trapped in mexico there you go yeah. <laughs> no if this all does one up to a book I'll, I'll be happy yeah i mean that would i mean that's got to be a dream too you know to where you could be able to write a book and tell stories uh, i haven't really given it much thought before we just you know before i just said it but man yeah I always thought about a documentary, but a book would be cool too. I know that people get other people to write their books. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's narcissistic to want to be able to like grow up and write a book about your life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've never thought of it like that, but you know, I guess I I could see where somebody would, would think that that could be narcissistic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I, I definitely don't want to have any regrets. Yeah. So if I missed out on this tour, I would have always wondered, man, what would have happened if I just went to this tour? Right. So that that's another piece of advice for any refs out there. Just just do everything you can. No one's going to ask you for anything. You know, yeah. referees are a dime a dozen. Some people don't care how good refs are. Some people 
uh, it's hard to get booked a lot of places as a referee as well because some guys just have their set of refs. Right. So just take every opportunity you can. I'm probably uh, jumping all over the place. I am too. Yeah, my, <laughs> my brain is just going about 90 million miles an hour here. You know, that's about the way it normally goes. But I like doing my show like this because different things come out and you never know what we're going to talk about. For a second, I know this is my first interview that I've ever done. Oh, is it? Yeah, well, I've done one, but it wasn't recorded for a podcast. It was more recorded to, like, put into an article. So. I got you. Okay. Well, I'll make sure and make you sound. I'll make you sound stellar, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I listen to wrestling podcasts all day, so I'm gonna <laughs> definitely be playing this one on repeat. <laughs> yeah, I. So I usually um, I have my wrestling podcast that I listen to, but here lately I've been. There's one called No Sleep Podcast that I've been listening a lot to lately, and it is just. Um, stories written by people and then they act these they have a group of people to act these stories out and uh, they're all horror stories and so I've been really enjoying that oh you know I think I, I feel like I've heard one just like that one time my girlfriend and I took a road trip uh-huh. and she put me on to a couple of these and I remember there was one where this guy was like working the night the, like the graveyard shift uh-huh. to surveil this woman with the head of some box and he was talking to nobody, like he didn't see anybody, he wasn't even telling anyone where he worked. The girl never did anything. And I think he watched her for about three or four years. Huh. And they started to fall in love with her. Oh. And and like the, the perspective of the story was a Reddit post that was just typed up. Uh-huh. And someone was like, Oh, this is the worst job I ever had. And it's just this huge long story. And it has so many twists and turns. Wow. But the way this podcast read it, they gave each individual character their own their own voice it was pretty intense that's cool though i I love it when they do that um i have another one that i really like listening to and i've actually been listening to this one since about 2008 2009 uh, and it's called we're alive and it's a zombie apocalypse podcast and it is a full cast and crew um weekly show about this group of people trying to survive the zombie apocalypse in la and it's a full, like, completely theatrical type of deal. And it's just wonderfully made. And they're actually on... The story that they're doing now is about the children of the original people. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I love that kind of stuff. What was the name of that? Uh, We're Alive. We're Alive. So like, each podcast is like an episode? Yes, uh, like they say chapter three, part one, and they have oh, like okay. three parts to one chapter. And it's a full cast, crew, all that. They've got sound effects, all the fun stuff. Wow. Like, yeah. I didn't know they were making podcasts like that. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, it, it's kind of like uh, podcasting is the new audio drama. It sounds like it. Yeah. yeah I watched, that, uh, I watched that, that show, Only Murders in the Building, and I know that they do podcasts like that, like, uh-huh. Every episode is like a new thing, but they don't like new development stuff happening in their lives. Okay. But I never thought to listen to some audio drama. Well, I they actually recently just put out a uh, casting call, and I thought about throwing my hat in the ring to uh, maybe do some voice acting. Oh, yeah, them. man, do it. <laughs> I think that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. 
So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, if if I can get around to it because I've got I'm a dad of two, and uh, so I have a full time job on top of doing this. So my my plate's pretty full as it is, but if I can find the time to do it, I think I might. Hey, go for it, chase your dreams, Bob. That's right. Gotta do it. So I'm guessing with what you do, you actually travel the roads quite a bit. And uh, so do you have, what is your go-to when it comes to uh, listening to things uh, when you're on the road? Well, let's see. I am a huge comic book nerd. Okay. Well, let's say I was. I used to collect comic books a lot from the years 2011 to 2015. Uh-huh. And it, I just fell off because it's an expensive hobby to collect comic books. I, and I've had retail... Yep. You know, I don't know what they call it, like retail regret or uh, re- retailer's remorse, whatever. Buyer's remorse. Seen, buyer's remorse, thank you. Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> buyer's remorse. Because I would buy these super expensive variants because I thought it'd be worth something someday. Uh-huh. And then, you know, I just was like, why am I doing this? The stories are mediocre. Stop reading. And now, <laughs> back to your original question. Uh, I just kind of listen to people's plot summaries on some comic book characters. Okay. Um, things I just don't feel like reading, but. Over the past year, I've just been getting more and more back into it. And if, if I don't listen to that, then I listen to the rest of my podcasts, like something to wrestle with, or Busted Open, or yeah. Grilling JR, some of those. And then just music to keep me awake, which is something really loud with high vibrations, like, is there some, like orchestra music, for example? I know it sounds crazy. Oh. But, you know, it really gets something going uh-huh. in my body, like it's the violin sometimes. The organs, the whole orchestra of it just, uh, it, it's really helped. It helps make the long drives really bearable because it keeps my mind going. Right. Have you ever heard of Comic Storian? Comic Storian. I believe so, but I'm thinking of Cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm like getting words mixed up. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so Comic Storian. If you don't have time to read a comic book, they have YouTube, and I believe they have a podcast now, um, to where they will pretty much tell you the comic book storyline. So I got behind, and I didn't read the Injustice series, but they had like a three-hour video on YouTube that just went over the entire storyline of Injustice. And I was caught up, and I knew everything that went on, and it was just wonderful. Yep, that, that's kind of what I've subscribed to doing. Okay. I listen to uh, I listen to comics explained. Yes, that's, kind of, that's my that's my go to. However, I have read two books and I've listened to on there. Uh-huh. I haven't read the books. I feel like they left a lot of things out. Oh, really? Like, they weren't really important things, but uh-huh. there were nice little nuances in the actual book. Okay. Uh, so I'm I might check out comic story. It's just now that I live in Dallas, uh-huh. I've working mostly you know local. I right. haven't really had the call to like, listen to really long, yeah, uh, long form videos like that. I try to keep it to like the fifty minute ones, which, right. you know, as far as good story, all the good stories, are like five six hours. Oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, when I'm getting back into reading, I'm getting graphic novels from the library. I'm uh-huh. reading Bat- Batman Hush right now. Uh, I just finished the Phoenix Saga recently. I've been I I collected a lot of DC and image yes. comics. Okay. And I, try, I always stayed away from the Marvel ones, but now I'm kind of kind of catching up on the the war of the Marvel jumping between time pieces. 
man, I've always been a bigger DC fan than I have a Marvel fan. The characters are just better. I I love the storylines that they have, and it's just I don't know. It just in some ways it seems darker, and I like that. And it's a little bit more serious. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of good storylines in Marvel that can have that dark side to it. You know, if you read like Old Man Logan or something like that. But I like the overall story and the feeling of the DC comic books and image. Um, another one that I like is Dark Horse Comics. I don't know if you've gotten into any of them. Uh, I've only read the Star Wars series, the one they put out right before Disney. Uh, okay. Bought it up. So that's the only Dark Horse comic I, I have in my collection. Okay. I've got some of, uh, there was a TV show that I watched uh, when I was a teenager. And it's called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then they had a spinoff of it called Angel. And Dark Horse made the comic books whenever that show went off the air. And so I have a lot of those comic books. Wow, nice. Yeah. I think Uh, I have some Smallville comic books, if I remember correctly. That's like the only non-canon comic book I ever picked up, really. Did you watch Smallville? Yeah, I think Smallville is what got me into comic books in the first place. Okay. Like one summer vacation, I just downloaded the whole, at the time it was just nine seasons. They finished yeah. up with 10. Right. And I just spent the whole summer binging it. And I was like, the Superman guy has like a lot of nuance that a lot of people told me he didn't have. So I started to get more into Superman. And then Marvel movies started to come out. And I knew a little bit about Marvel because my dad was a huge fan. Mm-hmm. But it kind of piqued my interest as I got older and then I just kind of fell off from it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was a big fan of the uh, Smallville series and everything. And it was something that um, even my parents liked with me, you know, um, it was something that we could uh, enjoy together. And so going to the, like I said, a minute ago, my mind is going a million miles an hour. Uh, you were talking about how your dad was a Marvel fan. My dad was a Marvel fan. He's the one who got me into comic books. But the ones that he liked, he was a big Wolverine guy. And that made me a big Wolverine fan. So out of any storyline when it comes to Marvel, I will always choose Wolverine. <laughs> I have not been able to. I, I want to get into the Wolverine storylines. Uh-huh. I'm more about the character. But what I'm struggling with is DC kind of made it easy for new readers to get in because they do so many reboots right and with marvel it's just things are just kind of spread out they are yeah and i don't really know which canon if i if i want to read this wolverine book (laughs) is it also going to be canon when i read this wolverine book and that's kind of what i struggle with when i try to when i really want to get into characters you know and i had a problem with that whenever i started watching like the x-men movies and stuff like that because i've always had wolverine comic books and they would do something, I'd be like, no, that's not right. You you need to stop it. You know, and so I had a very hard time with it. And eventually I just had to get to the point where, you know what, I, I just have to enjoy it for what it is. And uh, it took me a minute to get to that point, but eventually I got there and now I can just sit back and enjoy the movies without doing that because I did that with Marvel when it came to X-Men. And then I've done that when it came to the Batman versus Superman. Um, I had some issues with that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm guessing you had that same problem. 
You know what? I actually like Batman versus Superman. Okay. I think it was a. Uh, I think I was just excited to see Superman on screen, though. I, I understand everyone disliked it. Yeah. I liked where I thought Zack Snyder was going. Uh-huh. I liked the different approach. I don't yeah. think. And I was confused too with a lot of the castings, but right. and everyone's upset about Martha. <laughs> but I, 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 I like the whole story. I just felt like there were certain things I would have changed. That was basically Doomsday. That's yeah. his name, right? Doomsday. Doomsday. Yeah. yeah. Doomsday. Yeah. That was the only thing I didn't like. Anything else, I liked it. And I would, I, I would rewatch it today and be like, oh, I love this movie. Right. Here's my biggest gripe with Zack Snyder. I think he tries to throw too much into his movies. Yeah, that's what with Batman versus Superman for sure. Yeah, and, and the and the Snyder Justice cut League. as great yeah. as it was, it was like four hours. Sheesh. Four hours. Yeah, I was like, man, I'm gonna have a hard time watching this. I'm gonna have to take breaks. I'm gonna have to take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I think also because remember it was just Man of Steel. Like that's all it was, and yeah. then everything else. They're like, okay, we're gonna make a universe coming from this. Yeah. And I, I don't know if they just they guess if the studio just wanted so much. Uh-huh. Because they had they had to introduce four members of the Justice League that we never saw, right? And they wanted to make a Justice League movie right after, so that yeah. was they probably had no choice but to put everything he could. Yeah. Well, my only thing was is Batman versus Superman was a separate story in the comic books from whenever he faced Doomsday. Yeah, yeah. That so that was my biggest problem with that entire thing. I'm okay with Batman versus Superman. It happened in the comics. I have that comic book. I have the comic book. Uh, I have the Superman death comic book from where he faced Doomsday and died. But those are two completely different timelines. Yep, that's all it is. And, you know, at the same time, they're, they're probably thinking, how do we make the Justice League antagonist look strong without Superman just beating him up in a few minutes? Right. Okay, let's kill him, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, did you ever read any of the funeral for friends comics that came out uh, for Superman whenever he died in the nineties? Yeah, but it was so long ago. I couldn't even tell you what happened. I, the one thing that always sticks out to me is the fact that Bill and Hillary Clinton actually were put into the comic books at his funeral to speak at the funeral. <laughs> they have and, Vladimir Putin in a doomsday clock. Do they really? They don't say his name. Uh huh. But he looks very much. Well, maybe they do say his name, but he's obviously the president of Russia who looks like Vladimir Putin. Right. And, and they kind of allude that the president. Okay. In the comic book is talking shit about Superman, the president of the United States. Uh huh. It's like he tweeted it, and you read the tweet, and you're like, oh, that could be Trump. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they, they still even do it to this day. It's oh, funny. man. Yeah. They, uh, I like sometimes whenever they do little things like that and put the real world stuff into comics because it just it makes it better in some of the stories and it gives you a nice little chuckle too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. This turned into a comic book podcast. It did. Uh, I actually have. <laughs> do you know uh, the toxic masculinity, the Johnnies? Uh, I've. It sounds familiar. So they're work with them. Yeah, um, they're a wrestling tag team for Wrestling for a Cause. They're actually the tag team champions over there. And um, they came on a few months ago, and we ended up doing the same thing. Ended up talking about comic books, 
to the point where at the end of this month, they're actually coming to my house and we're going to record another episode just talking about comic books. <laughs> That's nice. So, yeah. Like I said, this is If You Give a Dad a Podcast, and, you know, anything can happen. Any subject can happen on this show. I just, I love having great conversations with great people. Awesome. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. It definitely has. Um, so, if people want to follow you online, how can they do that? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at RefMJBell. So, R-E-F. MJ Bell. And if you want to find me on Facebook, it's just MJ Bell. I try to make it easy. It's Ref MJ Bell. It's my cash up too. You want okay. To some money. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, come on, follow me. I try to post pretty often. I put my schedule up for the month. Okay. Hey, I've got my cash up out there on my link tree. Uh, I have yet to have anybody send me anything yet. So if anybody one wants day. to, one day, you know, one day. they can. Got to keep up alive. That's right. <laughs> and the thing is, is there's a, I've had a couple of, since I've been doing this show, I've had a lot, an influx of new people sending me friend requests and stuff on Facebook. And some of them are like, okay, I have quite a few friends in common with you. And so, you know, I'll accept it. And then immediately they'll send me a message and be like, what's your cash app? And I'm like, man, you know, I wish that was true, but it's not, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've definitely started to do. I have the same problem where I would just accept anybody, and now yeah. I'm just like, after so many spam messages, like I don't know how it is to you, but I get people trying to sell me digital portraits of myself. Really? And they'll, they'll they'll pretend like they're gonna like, make, like oh we'll make a cartoon out of you. And I was like, <laughs> no. I, I mean I've gotten a dozen of these over the past year. Yeah. And so since since I'm just tired of it and all the spam accounts, I don't know why all these spam accounts follow me and how uh -huh. many mutual friends we have on top of that. Yeah, that you know, blows it, me away. You know, how many, like, it'll be like a Brazilian lady in a, in a slim bikini. Uh -huh. It's like 15 mutual friends. And I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> come on. Like, look at her feed and there's nothing to do with wrestling. Come on, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I definitely filter it out now. I had somebody the other day, and, I, and I, I'm not one who usually does this. Usually I'll just block them or whatever. But I decided, you know what, I'm going to have some fun and kind of mess with them. They told me that they are a podcast promoter for Apple Podcasts, and um, I knew it was you know not true as soon as they came up, and so I said, okay, well you know, tell me some of the people that you've worked with that you've promoted podcasts for, and their answer was, well, I've promoted for Apple Podcasts, and I was like, no, that's uh, that that's not a podcast. That's a place where you can get a podcast but that's not an actual podcast and so it went back and forth for a while of them just you know saying well do, i can promote for you and everything so i ended up calling them uh how did i put it i, I called him the mr spammer man from uh <laughs> spammington or something like that or no uh scammer man from scammingtonville and he was like what does scam mean <laughs> Yeah, they always play dumb. I know. And then eventually he got to the point where he was like, I'm sad. I need a job. You know, he actually told me, he was like, I need a job. And I was like, I know. I was like, how about you become a podcast promoter? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I just had a good time with him for a little while until he started, um, he started getting sad there towards the end. So I just reported him finally. 
but oh, yeah. I don't you know. Even, yeah, I don't even entertain it. I guess I guess that's a little patience. Uh, so little patience. <laughs> oh, it's spam person. Wow. Yeah, I like I said, that's what I normally do is I just automatically just block them. But I was like, I I was talking to uh, Joe Helms the other day, and I said, do you get these a lot? And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, I mess with them. So. I decided, you know what, I'm going to try messing with one of these guys and see what happens, and I actually had a lot of fun. I even told, asked him if he wanted to speak to my manager, and he was like, no, 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 don't do not do that. I was like, but he can help you with your car's extended warranty. So, <laughs> <laughs> But, so, yeah, I had my fun. Nice. All right, man. Well, we have kind of talked all over the board. Is there anything else that maybe you want to talk about before we get off here? Uh, you know, man, no, I really, I really think I've exhausted all my points. All right. I guess appreciate you having me on. It means a lot to me that you've, you've reached out. Yeah. Not many refer- I not rare really, I get an opportunity to have an interview, so thank you. Yeah. And just so you know, you are my first referee that I've had on the show. <laughs> that makes me glad. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully there's just a lot of views and you'll be able to book more of us and hear their stories too. Oh, for sure. And I would love to maybe have you come back on here in the future and uh, maybe tell some of those stories from whenever you went to J- whenever you go to Japan. Oh, I would love to. All right, man. Set it up. That sounds great. All right. Well, I hope that you have a great trip and you have a great night, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. See ya. In a time of inflation, COVID, monkeypox, and Amber Heard, you need to take a break from it all. Welcome to Love and Murder Podcast. With Love and Murder, you get one hour a week to kick back and listen to stories of relationships gone horribly wrong. Stories with true crime, mystery, suspense, and just a little bit of humor that's never at the expense of the victim. Come on, join host Kai and Shar over at www.murderandlove.com That's love and murder backwards murderandlove.com Hey everyone, this is Brian Ferguson. If you're listening to this, then I know you are enjoying the Bumps and Thumbs podcast. In order to continue to run the podcast and get guests on the show, we need support from people like you. Please go to anchor.fm forward slash Brian B-R-I-A-N dash Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N, the number three, and click on the support button. Once you are there, you'll have options to select from to make a monthly contribution. Your support will help us get on wrestling stars that require financial compensation. Again, that's anchor.fm forward slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N dash Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N. S-O-N, the number three, and click on the support button. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support, and enjoy the podcast. This is Jack and Joe from Drazzled, the podcast that takes award-winning worst films and fixes them. It's not enough to just point out when a movie is bad. Which we do. Or to discover why the movie is so bad. Which we do. We go ahead and fix the whole damned thing. Yes, we do. Bad movies, good writing, a special brand of stupid. That's Drazzled. Find Razzled at your favorite podcast spot. We're sure to razzle-dazzle ya.
All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with MJ Bell. I know that I had a great time talking with him. It was a lot of fun to kind of uh, talk comic books with somebody. That's always a good time. And we got to talk some really cool stuff about wrestling and him being a ref in wrestling. So, like I said, I hope that you guys enjoyed it because I had a very good time talking with him. Um, So, I have some good episodes that are going to be coming up in the next few weeks. So, next week I have with me Philip Douthit. He is the men's marriage mentor. Um, He is going to bring a really unique perspective to the show, I believe. He's going to talk to us about what he does and how he can help people who uh, feel they're on the verge of not making it as a married couple, how you can bring that back. So I am actually excited to have him on and see what he has to say. Then the week following, I have a couple cool dudes, like I said before, that are going to be coming over here to talk with me about comic books and all kinds of other stuff, and that is Toxic Masculinity, the Johnnies. They will be in studio to talk with me, and I can't wait for that to happen. Um, The week following that, I will be having on a wrestler um, out of the Oklahoma area. His name is Red James, and uh, this guy... (laughs) If any of you follow him online, you would be able to see why I'm laughing. This guy knows how to get a rise out of just about anybody. He is a great heel. He's great at what he does, and I am excited to have him on the show. Um, I can't wait for you guys to hear what he has to say. I think he's going to bring some entertainment value to this show. So those are a few episodes that I'm actually really excited about that are going to be happening in the next few weeks. And I hope that you guys tune in. If you have any questions or comments that you would like me to ask these people that are coming on my show, you can send me an email at giveadatapodcast at gmail.com. You can also send me messages on social media, or if you want to follow me on social media so you can keep up with what's going on with the show, you can do so by following me on Facebook, and that's at I-Y-G-A-D-A-P. That is the acronym for If You Give a Data Podcast, or as I like to say, I get app. So um, follow me on Facebook. Um, also, I am on Instagram. You can follow me there, and that's at Give a Dad a Podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter, and that is dadpodcast11. So look me up on there. Follow me on the social medias. I advertise all my stuff on there. Um, I'm also on YouTube now. I have a YouTube channel. If you um, prefer to listen to your podcasts on there, you can now do so on that platform as well. It's something that's slowly coming in the works, but it's something new and exciting. Also, I will be having merch that will be coming out very soon. I can't wait for you guys to see that. And I have some really cool announcements that will be coming up in the next few weeks that I can't wait to share with you guys. Um, Good things are coming this way, and I can't wait to uh, be able to tell you guys about them. So, I said I wasn't going to do this because I don't want to sound like a negative Nancy or a Debbie Downer or anything like that. You know, I don't want to be the the stick in the mud guy. But as you know, a few weeks ago I had to postpone an episode of my show because of air conditioning issues. Well, 
That was July 26th when our air conditioner went out. As I'm recording this right now, it is September 14th, and I am still with that air conditioning. We, when we bought our home, we were told that the air conditioning unit was original to the home and that we should get a home warranty to take care of that so we don't have a large out-of-pocket expense. So we did the adult thing and got a home warranty. Now, I won't mention the name of the home warranty company because I don't want nobody coming after me or anything, but it's almost two months later and we still haven't gotten it fixed. During this time, we have had five people who have been scheduled to come look at it. Um, Two of the companies that they scheduled to come look at it turned out to be fraudulent companies. They did not exist. They had online phone numbers that weren't actual phone numbers, and they led to nowhere or nobody ever answered and nobody ever showed up. One of the companies told us that, which we were told, don't do this. They said, we need you to pay us before we even come out to the house. So we told them, no, we won't be doing that. And we said, we have yet to talk to anybody, so we don't even know if you're real people. They said, we will call you within five minutes. Waited hours. Nobody ever called us. Two times that's happened with fraudulent companies. Two of the other times that this has happened, so I'm I'm sorry, I guess I'm wrong. It hasn't been five times. It's been six different people who have been put on this. Two of the other times we had people that were scheduled to come and look um, at our AC unit. And the first one said, called us a couple days before and said, I'm sorry, I no longer work with your home warranty company because they aren't paying us. And so we're no longer working with them. So they canceled our, our appointment. So that was the first one. Then we had two fraudulent ones in a row. Then the next one, we got it scheduled. I called them personally to try to make sure because we had already had all these problems and when I got on the phone with them they told me hold on just a minute we have somebody that you need to talk to they sent me to another person that's higher up in the organization and they told me that they never accepted a claim with this company in fact whenever they called them to get them to accept the claim they told them no due to lack of payment so that's twice now that there have been other companies that said no we're not working with you due to lack of payment so about when that happened i decided to go online and start looking to see what's going on and so we also decided we were going to try to do the reimbursement plan where we have somebody ourselves come out and then they just pay us back so i got to looking online about that and um, with this particular company every review that i found of somebody trying to do a reimbursement claim the company would find a reason why they could not reimburse them they would say oh you didn't do this or you didn't fill out this little piece of paperwork you didn't follow our protocol therefore you foot the entire bill so i didn't want that to happen so i said i would rather stay on the waiting list and use a window unit for the time being until somebody will actually come out here so finally we got another person that said that they would come out here and look at our air conditioning unit he came out here told us yes this unit is built in 
96, I believe it was, because our house is an older home. And um, they said, we can't work on this. It's completely shot. Uh, you need a new unit. Well, you would think, okay, so what are we going to do? He says, well, I um, submit this paperwork to the home warranty company, and then they can approve it. When he, he told us, you know, there's no way that they can't, there's no way that they won't approve this because the unit that they have is no longer able to be worked on because of the type of unit it is. They don't allow, the government does not allow them to put free on in these types of units anymore. So we're like, okay, cool. So we thought it was pretty much a guarantee that we were going to get a new unit. So he submitted it, said that it submitted just fine. Then the company comes back and says, oh, we never got anything from them. The company that's supposed to be paying this now all of a sudden is playing dumb and saying, oh, we didn't get the paperwork for that. So we had the guy submit it another time. And it said that it successfully submitted the paperwork to them. And they still said, no, it didn't come through. We're going to have to reschedule somebody else to come out there because he's not doing it right. So, and mind you, each time that these people are supposed to come out, the ones that actually do come out, we pay a fee to them. So we called them and, and we talked to them many times on the phone and they always were the worst customer service. Whenever you talk to them on the phone, you couldn't get anywhere when it came to them. Um, they always just told you the same thing. Oh, we can resubmit it. We can start the claim over and have another technician come out. That was always their answer. Um, then they told us we finally got past them and got to another department. And they told us that they were going to uh, escalate it, which we were told by the other department, that's impossible. We don't have an emergency uh, escalation here. We only do this one thing. So we had been lied to. Uh, about that then they said well we're sorry so we will um, refund you your last month's um, payment okay they decided they were going to get us somebody else out there and they said they were going to refund the last month's payment and they said it would be back in our account within a few days two weeks go by no payment comes back into our account we actually had to call them again and they're like oh yeah we sorry we dropped the ball on that so finally tonight we had somebody and this started like i said july 26th today is september 14th we had another person come out here check our ac unit said exactly what the other one did and now he goes to submit the claim and it says that the claim number does not exist so we get a hold of them and they tell us, oh, we closed that claim down. What? Why would you close down the claim when it has not been fixed? When we've had all of these issues with you already, you're going to close down our claim without it being fixed. This is terrible customer service that we're getting from these people. But they finally said, oh, we'll reopen the claim. They said, tell them to resubmit it again. So where we're at the last time, right before I came out here to record this, um, I spoke with my wife and she said that the guy resubmitted it and it is still saying that it is not a valid claim number. 
<laughs> so that's where we're at right now with the air conditioning in my house. And I know that's a long story, but this has been a nightmare. So use this as a cautionary tale. If you go to get a home warranty, do your research on these people because there are some scammers out there when it comes to this. They are ridiculous. Like I said, I'm not going to name names on who we're using because I don't want anybody to try to come after me. But do your research when it comes to getting a claim or getting a home warranty for your house. They're good to have, but you just got to have the right company. So anyways, that was just a uh, story that I wanted to uh, relate to you guys. If you guys have any stories that you would like me to share on the show, send me an email, send me a message. Um, if you have something you want to talk about, hit me up. Let me know what you want to talk about. So I'm going to bring this show to a close. I enjoy doing this. I love bringing you guys these episodes. And I thank you so, so much for your support. You guys have been awesome. And I can't wait to bring you more episodes. So if you like this episode, make sure that you rate it and review it and uh, share it with your friends and share it with your enemies as well. Just share it with everybody because there's something for everyone here, I believe. And uh, yeah, just tell me what you think of this episode. Um, so yeah, I love you guys. I hope that you have a wonderful week and I will see you next time. Bye. Oh, wow.